0: eliminate the appeal of your excuses so you can get consistent, stay consistent, create the results you want and enjoy the journey. Let's get started. Hello everybody, welcome back to the Primal Potential podcast. I am Elizabeth Benton. Looking forward to spending a little bit of time with you today. Lots of great questions came in and I just want to remind you guys, this is very much your podcast. This is very much for you and with you. There is no podcast without all of you listening. So if you have questions, if you have something that you're struggling with, if there's something you want to hear about on the show, let me know. You can DM me on Instagram. I'm at Elizabeth Benton over there. You can email me, Elizabeth at primalpotential.com. But I really do want to hear from you. Today, we are giving away the Change Makers Journal. That is the Productivity and Fulfillment Journal. Its goal is to keep things very simple and doable when we have multiple areas of our life that we want to invest in. And also, we don't just want to be to-do list machines. We want to build relationships and have fun and create fulfillment along the way. So that is what I am giving away. I'll also put the link, if you want to check it out, in the show description. Uh, I'll announce the winner at the end of the episode. The first thing I wanted to do before we get into your questions, I saw something on social media that really hit home with me and I had to take some time to really look at what it means in my life and how it applies in my life and what I need to change so that I can live it out. And I wanted to share it with you. And it's not something that I'm just going to visit for myself once. This is something that as you've heard me say before, is my practice. I put in my calendar to revisit over and over. So it was a post from Mal O'Brien. She's a young up-and-coming CrossFit athlete who recently signed on to be coached by Matt Frazier. Uh, Matt Fraser is one of, if not the best CrossFit athlete in the world. And not only that, he's just a very intelligent businessman as well. So Mal starts getting coached by Matt, and she posts on social media and says that one of the things... Matt told her is that a happy competitor is a dangerous competitor. A happy competitor is a dangerous competitor. And, and, you know, at first I started thinking about, hmm, why do I think that is? Why would a happy competitor in any sport be more of a threat to other athletes? And I think a big part of it is When we are happy, when we are enjoying what we're doing, we bring more to it. We are less likely to phone it in and bring half effort and make excuses. If we're happy, we're going to perform better. And I I think if we, I'm not a professional CrossFit athlete, and I would imagine most people listening are not professional CrossFit athletes or professional athletes at all. But if we think about it in terms of work, like somebody who is happy in their job on the whole, is going to perform better, is going to be more valuable to that company than somebody who is unhappy in their job. And we can apply this in our health journeys, in anything that we're working on, building a business, getting out of debt. You are going to be more effective and more valuable and more on pace if you are happy. So what is that going to take? And it's funny because I saw this post in the same few day period that I saw something that said, I I read it, I don't remember where I read it, maybe Brendan Burchard, who knows. What would it look like for me to double my happiness in the next year? And and that notion of a year is tough because if you identify what it would take for you to double your happiness in the next year, you can't exactly do it today if it's going to take a year and that can make it hard to act on. But what if we said, what would need to shift so that I'm happier this week? What would need to shift so that I'm happier today? I know for me, getting right to the things I need to do early in the day is a big part of it. Not, not every day I can do that because most days I'm full-time momming and my stuff waits till nap time or until Chris gets home. But today I'm recording this on a Thursday, Chris is home and The opportunity is here today for me to get right to it, stay focused, resist distractions. That is going to make me happier today. No doubt about it. And that might not be the answer for you, but I want you to grip tight to this notion from Matt Fraser that a happy competitor is a dangerous competitor. You are going to make better progress, faster progress, more reliable and consistent progress when you're happier which is why I always say like people will reach out to me and say, oh, I've been doing such and such and such and such plan or program. And you know, it totally sucks, but it's working. And if it totally sucks, you're probably not going to be as consistent as you would be if you really enjoyed it. So think about that. What can you do to get more enjoyment from what you're doing, to enjoy the process more, to be a little bit happier? And another way to think about that is what are some of the things that chip away at my happiness that I can minimize or eliminate today or this week. All right, let's get to your questions. The first one says, how can I budget and pay off debt while still doing fun things every once in a while? This is one of the questions where I think the answer is in the question. If you're budgeting, budget for those fun things every once in a while, whether that's a concert once a quarter or a trip twice a year. Put it in your budget. As long as you are staying on budget and spending less than you make, you can chip away at your debt. You get to decide how much money do I have or do I want to put towards fun. But the other part of it is what start brainstorming and thinking outside the box and use other people to help you if you initially don't get anywhere with your own ideas. What are some fun things that you can do that are either free or very inexpensive and fit within the amount of money that I want to put aside for enjoyment. I know for me, when I was getting out of debt, the budget was intentionally very tight because it was a value for me to get out of debt as fast as possible. So a lot of the things that I was doing for fun were very inexpensive or free or tied to things that I was going to do anyway. For example, I was going to fly home for Christmas for regardless of whether or not I was getting out of debt. So then how can I turn that into something more memorable and not just checking the box of like, now I'm here and I have no money to spend and do fun things. But the reality is, if you are creating a budget and you identify the pace at which you want to get out of debt, you know, I want to put $500 a month or $1,000 a month towards these things. What does that leave me with for fun things? And the truth is, you can get very, very creative in doing fun things that are not going to break the bank. So you just have to get creative in, in figuring that out. Okay, the next question says, is it really possible to start implementing knowledge learned? I think this is an obvious yes. But oftentimes, it's not always obviously applied to us. So I wanted to give some examples. Let's say that I watch a video on um, how to change the water filter in my refrigerator. That is knowledge learned. And I can take it and go right now and change the water filter on my fridge. People do that all the time. You know, I want to switch out the the panels on my light switches, and I can watch a YouTube video, and then I can go do it. Where where it starts to feel hard is when there's resistance. Like, I know this thing, but I don't really want to do this thing. Like, I know I should lift weights, but I don't really want to do it. And at that point, it's not a matter of, is it really possible? It's, what am I willing to do? And a lot of times, we hold ourselves back because we let what we think it should look like keep us from starting small. So for example, I've been posting for uh, pretty much the month of January pictures when I'm at the gym each day and just reminding everybody that something is always better than nothing. So where a lot of people in this example struggle is, well, I know that Lifting weights is important, but I never do it. It's like impossible to implement. It's not impossible to implement. It's just that maybe you're thinking you need a gym membership and you need to know what you're doing. And the fact is you don't because you could start with body weight stuff at home. Doing some body weight squats at home is absolutely better than doing nothing. So the key to taking what you know and implementing is asking yourself, What am I willing to do today? Not what do I think I should be doing ultimately or what is the perfect thing that I would love to execute on. What small piece am I willing to do today? What small thing am I willing to do today? I mean, look at all the things that you have already learned and implemented. When you were learning to drive, you had to then implement what you learned. So you have evidence in your life. They taught you to, you know, uh, the, the right of way and a roundabout. And then the next time you went through a roundabout, you did it the way that they taught. You have evidence in other areas of your life that you can implement what you've learned. It happened when you had your first job and probably every job. You came in not really knowing what to do, how to do it. And slowly you were taught and you implemented. Look for the evidence all around you that you are somebody who has learned something and put it into action and then begin to look at, okay, what's one small piece of all the things I know that I'm willing to do today? The next question says, how do you stay in action with your goals? I feel like I establish them, but then I get distracted by life and time goes by and I've not made any progress. There are a couple things that work really well for me in this, and I know that at least one of them work really well for a lot of my clients because I see these messages all the time. And the first is the Changemakers Journal. The beautiful thing about it, and it's also what we're giving away today, the beautiful thing about it is that every single day I'm acknowledging what my primary goal is and I'm identifying action steps that I can take towards that. That does not mean that every single day I do all three of the action steps that I identified. Inevitably, either I forgot or I just chose not to or I ran out of time or circumstances changed. That's okay. But the reality is the next day I'm opening up the journal and I'm doing it again. So my execution in the long term is Greater than it would be if I wasn't in this habit and didn't have this process of identifying every single goal, every single day. This is the primary goal, these are the action steps. So that really works for me. The other thing in terms of staying in action is understanding that you have to be very realistic. You're not going to execute perfectly every single day. That's okay. Don't let, go back and listen to last Monday's episode where we talked about um, the three mistakes that can derail your progress or something along those lines. One of them was being dramatic. And to me, being dramatic looks like getting upset or disappointed, all huffy and puffy when you don't execute. It's over. It's done. Now what? Move on. The The thing that's working really well for me right now, in addition to the Changemakers Journal, which was developed out of my struggle to execute. I felt like I just couldn't get in a rhythm and follow through. And that's where that came from. The other thing that I've talked about the past couple weeks on the show is I have this wall calendar that is the entire year at a glance. And you would do it for whatever your priorities are. But one of my priorities is getting to the gym. So I have these little blue dot stickers. And every single day that I get to the gym, I get a blue dot sticker. Am I upset if there's a day where there's not a blue dot? No. In fact, one of the other things that I track is is days writing, and it gets a little red dot if I wrote and worked on my my next book. There are more days in January without a red dot than with a red dot. That's okay. I'm still seeing it every day, and I'm evaluating, all right, what time am I going to write today? And I'm getting better week after week after week in part because of the visual nature of the calendar and the fact that it's right there as opposed to a list of resolutions that you put in a notebook and the notebook goes in a drawer and you never look at it again and then eventually you're cleaning things out and you toss it. But between the Changemakers Journal, where I have my primary goal, but I also have other life investments, every day I'm working on that and the visual nature of the calendar plus the strategies like we talked about in, I think it was 953, with regards to how to not drift, how to not fall prey to drama, those are the things that really work for me for staying in action. All right, this next question says, you said check with your emotions before making a decision. What does that look like? I'm guessing that this is something from Tools for the Trenches, maybe it's from a podcast, I don't really know, but either way, I I agree with it wholeheartedly. So perfect example, the other day, I think this was just yesterday, I was super frustrated with my husband. I was like very aggravated and on the verge of like being, being snappy, being rude. And in that moment, I checked with, I'm frustrated, you know, how am I feeling right now? But what's playing into that? And one of the key things playing into that that I could recognize was I'm super, super tired. So the best thing that I could do is not act on a feeling that is, in part, very, very valid, but in part kind of hyped up by fatigue, dial it back, reevaluate tomorrow. I very well could have the conversation 12, 14 hours later, but recognizing it's not just that this thing happened objectively, it's that this thing happened and I have these feelings about it, and there are factors that drive how we feel what are those things at play right now? Oh, another perfect example. I was in a mood yesterday morning. I was home by myself with the baby and I felt really overwhelmed and very tense. And I was in a, in a place where it felt like there was more things to do than I could do. And I asked myself, what is driving this feeling? And there was one thing. There was one thing. It's silly. I'll tell you exactly what it was. I I ship out the changemakers journals in these particular flat rate padded envelopes that the post office never carries. And typically, I order them online and I get a hundred. And when I order them, it takes two or three days. Well, I ordered them ten days ago, and they're still not here. And I was feeling a ton of pressure that there were a few changemakers journals that hadn't gone out. And I usually really like to get them out either the same day or the day after they're ordered. And so it was, I felt like, okay, I, I can't just go to the post office and get these envelopes. And the ones I ordered aren't here yet. And they're usually here by now, long since. They're usually here days before. And it was really amping me up. And, and even though there was nothing I could do about it in that moment, so I thought. So I asked myself, well, what if the post office reached out to me and said, we don't make those anymore? it's like, well, I'd find another way to ship them, right? I mean, I know that sounds obvious, I'm sure, as I'm telling you this. Uh, and, I, and so I, I grabbed a regular envelope. And even though it costs three times more to ship it out, I was like, well, I'm not doing this forever. I'm just doing these until these arrive. And once I got that done and to the post office, that pressure of like, oh my gosh, this poor person ordered six days ago and I haven't, it was gone. So checking in with, instead of just being like, Why am I in such a funk today? Or everything's going wrong and I can't, what am I feeling and what's contributing to it? Not that you can always do something about it, but oftentimes you can. Sometimes it's an action step. Sometimes it's changing your perspective on something. Sometimes, like I said I had to do yesterday, it's just I recognize that I need to go to sleep. Most of the time when we're in an uncomfortable situation, whether it's cravings or it's overwhelm. There is a lot of things going on emotionally, but we're not all in a habit of saying, what is this? Am I just tired? Am I overwhelmed? Last night when I was driving home from the gym, I was very, very tired. Roman had been up almost the entire night before. We had just done family dinner, so it was later than I wanted to work out because once a week, we go out to dinner with my mom and her husband and Chris's parents And I'm driving home really wanting to stop and get, like, M&Ms or something or ice cream or something like that. And in that moment, I asked myself, is there something going on emotionally or situationally or circumstantially? Because it's not always, you know, it's not always emotion that you're checking in. Sometimes it's energy that you're checking in with. Uh, Sometimes it's how your day's been going that you're checking in with. And And I just asked myself, like, am I capable of just for tonight going home and going right to bed and not feeling like I need to escape in another cup of coffee or in sugar, anything like that. So it's just what it looks like in action is pausing to say what's going on here. Pausing to say, well, I'm very agitated and irritable because I'm really tired and I haven't slept much. Okay, let's get some sleep, revisit this feeling tomorrow. Or I just feel this pressure because this one thing's not done Is there another way, even if it's a far less than ideal way, is there another way to get this done so that I can take that pressure off for a minute? Okay, two more questions. This next one says, how do you win against lower brain thinking? And for those of you who maybe aren't familiar with what lower brain thinking is, it's often that like impulse, fight or flight. And I don't think it's winning. I don't think the goal is to win against, say, a craving or that urge to lash out at somebody. I don't think it's win-lose. What I think our opportunity is, is to invite in other ways of thinking. Recognize, like, this is a very primal urge. This is a primal urge to yell. This is a primal urge to eat. This is a primal urge to withdraw. But you can invite in other things. Well, if I was showing up as a creative, energetic problem solver, how would I feel about this? If I was showing up as very mature, how would I think about this? Invite other ways of thinking. Don't let that first thought be the final thought. I, I think I write about this in both Chasing Cupcakes and uh, Tools for the Trenches. One of the most powerful lessons that I've learned, certainly in the last five years, maybe in my life, is... Uh, we were starting renovations in our house and I was sharing my ideas with Chris's uncle in terms of you know what we should do to the interior of the home. And he was like, that's a good idea. But don't go with your first good idea. And I think that's very perfect as an application for thinking. You have a first thought and it's probably a very familiar, a patterned, a practiced, um, a very you thought in terms of your normal behavior, but then allow other thoughts to show up. Like if I was being the person that I want to be, if I had already made all the changes I want to make, if I was acting as the highest version of me, don't go with your first thought. You don't have to stop there, even if that's where you start. The last question is a really simple one. Are you planning any live events soon? No. And I'll tell you why. They are a ton of work and it Right now, the way the world is going, there's so many, especially around where I would do it because I would probably do it on the East Coast just for ease with the baby and whatnot. Uh, there are so many restrictions and they're always changing in terms of how many people you can have and things like masks and all of that. So no, it would just be more of a headache than I am willing to take on right now. I am absolutely planning on doing another round of my mastermind in the spring. Uh, we're just four weeks into our winter one. So that's still seven, eight weeks away before we start talking about, about the details for the spring one. But that sort of thing I think is amazing because we can connect virtually and we don't have to worry about all that other crap. Um, past live events I've done, I've done Nashville, I've done Oregon, I've done Boston, and they are amazing. But they're also, they just take a ton of, Of effort because what I'm always thinking of it as is I want you to come and hear things and learn things and do things that you couldn't do through the podcast. And so to generate that much unique content while also keeping up with the podcast and all of that and writing my third book, it's just not in the cards right now. Um, And the world's just a freaking weird place. You know what I mean? The world's a weird place. We're going to keep it simple until... So it's not so complicated. All right, let's talk about the winner. The winner is somebody who left a review of the podcast. Guys, you, you can do that more than once. I don't know if you knew that, but let's say that you listen to an episode that you really loved and you've already reviewed the podcast. You can go and you can leave another review and say, oh, episode 953 helped me so much or... Um, It's just one of the ways that other people find the podcast. That's kind of how the algorithms work, that the more reviews there are, the more it gets uh, displayed on people's listening apps as like another show you might like. So that's one of the great ways to win our weekly giveaway. This person left the review under the name BJTHMAS. So I think that's an abbreviated... Thomas, but B-J-T-H-M-A-S. If that was your podcast review, email me, Elizabeth at Primalpotential.com within 60 days of this episode airing. Tell me you were the winner for nine fifty four. I will ship you your Changemakers journal. Make sure you include your address. Doesn't matter where in the world you are. And as I said at the top of the show, this is truly your podcast. So if there are topics, challenges, things you want to hear about, let me know. That is why I do this show, and I really want it to serve you as best possible. So don't be shy. Let me know. And uh, I'm planning out late winter, spring episodes right now, so I want to hear from you. Make it a great day. I'll chat with you soon. (laughs) Thanks so much for listening to today's show. If you enjoyed it, make sure to take a few seconds to leave a rating and review on whatever platform you're listening. It not only supports the show in a huge way, but it also automatically enters you into our weekly product giveaway. For more tools, tips, and strategies on creating change, check out my first book, Chasing Cupcakes, and follow me on Instagram at Elizabeth Benton. Remember, every choice is a chance, and I'll see you next time.